0: To come into people's hearts and lives, and to speak a word of edification, encouragement, comfort, to help draw people's hearts unto you, to open up your word that's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and that we do not walk in darkness. That we have been translated out of darkness into light and when we are called to be children of the light and children of the day by walking in the light of the day. Hey, did you know that I was a singer before I was ever a preacher? That is literally the truth. When I was growing up, I sang like other young guys played football. Or basketball. It wasn't that I didn't like sports. I just loved music. And you go where your heart. That's where you're going to have some of the greatest fulfillment in life. And so what do you need to do? Watch over your heart. Do you hear me? I feel a lot of sensitivity Did you hear that too? I listened to language that people use and that I use. And what I just said was, I feel a lot. That's a sense. That's one of those senses. Surrendering our senses, remember? I feel a lot of sensitivity in people's hearts and longings in this particular broadcast. Some of the earlier ones, we just kind of put on a little bit of goof hat and just had some good time. I sense such a realm, an expression, an atmosphere, an anointing of tenderness watching over your heart. The theme verse comes from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow. The springs, plural, for from it flow. It isn't, and from your heart, it's all damned up. It's all boarded up. It's then the wells have been filled back up. No, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from your heart flow flow. That is a natural, supernatural activity. And from your heart, it flows. Flows what? The springs of life. So, do you want to be an exporter of life? Do you want to export toxins, pollutants, and poisons? Or do you want to export death, but the Bible says, if we'll watch over our own heart, we can be an exporter of life. Do you get that? Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. So this is not only that that's so important to watch over the condition of your own heart for your own sake and your own family, but it's for whosoever. Ever comes into your sphere that out of your innermost being is going to come forth rivers out of your heart is going to flow springs of life. I speak life over people today. In fact, I speak life over what might be called barren wombs. This last week, there was a couple in Miami that came up to me and I had a dream about praying for barrenness, and I thought it was going to be in my main session in, in the public, and it just, time got away, and it didn't happen. And, and then in the book signing, the last people, there was this couple, and there they were. And my feeler, my knower knew, and I truly was watching over my heart, and they were barren. I don't know the results yet, but my knower knows and i prayed in a very distinct way over this couple who been trying to have kids for 12 years i spoke that the spirit of rejection would be broken and that there'd been a trauma of the heart that had actually created an atmosphere of an unsafe place and that that was causing and that trauma with then possibly a spirit attached was creating in what should be the safest place in the womb uh, a rejecting, a rejecting, a rejecting. And I, it just came to me. How did it come to me? Because I paused. I asked. I listened. Remember, that's from last time. And my knower knew, and so I spoke very quietly with the agreement, the two there, and I just spoke healing to the traumatized heart. I had some knowings of what it could be. I didn't have to say. She immediately started weeping. A a warmth came into my left hand. I had them put their hands together and put them on her womb. I put my hand on there. I felt. But the fire out of my hand was a result of watching over my heart with all diligence. From out of your heart flow springs of life. I think I'll get a testimony in a year that there will be life. I've seen it happen scores of times. Watch over your heart. It is so important. So understanding of the heart. We need to know these principles. Sin hardens the heart, not just of an unbeliever. Sin hardens the heart of a believer. According to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Sin is deceitful, and it hardens the heart. So sin, being deceitful, it offers pleasure. Sin actually really does offer pleasure, but it's called fleeting pleasure. But it does something to you that it doesn't say it's going to. It'll offer you a temporary pleasure, but because it's deceitful, it's a deceiver. It produces a long-term fruit, but a fleeting pleasure, and the long-term fruit is a hardened heart. Watch over your heart with all diligence. And how about 1 John 2, verse 15? It relates, love not the world. Or how about this one? I love this one. I pray this over my heart every year. Jeremiah twenty three, twenty nine. That God's word is a hammer, and any place that there is a hard place, a rock in my heart, I call forth the hammer of God, the word of God to be released like with Jeremiah and to shatter the rock in my heart. You say that sounds kind of crushing. Yes, exactly, and that's where the new wine comes, if you'll participate with the crushings. I didn't say bruising, there's a difference. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and said, at liberty, those who are bruised, crushing is different. Crushing is brokenness unto purpose, but God wants to heal bruising, you just go, wow, this is all attached to being a discerner, that I can be a discerner? Yes, because Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow. How many of you want to get in the flow? How many of you want to have your heart not only for your life and your family, but it be a spring's of living water. So sin hardens a heart, Hebrews three thirteen. Love not the world, first John two fifteen. Let God's word be like a hammer, Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. Fix your hope on him, first John three three, and how about according to Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one and first John one nine cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You have, maybe you have a hard spot in one chamber of your heart. Well, call forth the word of God to tenderize it. Call forth the word of God to forgive. Call forth the word of God to send forth his word to shatter that hard spot. Fix your eyes, lift up your eyes off your own needs. You got to do this or it won't happen. This is a part of watching over your heart with all diligence. Then you have to lift up your eyes off yourself and on to God and you fix your hope on him. And as you walk in the light, as he is the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Wow. It says all. It doesn't say some. Whether it's hate speech. You know something I've been getting convicted of recently? Negative self-talk talking to myself, muttering to myself, going, yeah, 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 I know, it's it's okay. Yeah, 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 no, it's probably called murmuring. But the way it's come to me in conviction is negative self-talk. And stop it. So I I catch myself, but the Holy Spirit is tuning me in to be able to catch it. Catching little foxes that spoil the vine, which, let me flip it, Catching the little thoughts that bruise the heart. Okay, so those are a few Bible principles and um, a, a few little things. So here's some stuff from my personal life, some keys that I have, which would be one, I pray over the condition of my own heart. I actually take three days from the Day of Atonement to Yom, excuse me, from Rosh Hashanah, the first day of the new Hebrew year, to Day of Atonement. That's a 10-day period of time called the, the Days of All. And whatever the issue is, in that period of time every fall, I take like three days, I pray every year for years, not in intercession for other people's needs. Here I'm praying over the condition of my heart. In a yearly inspection basis. It's part of my personal tips. I, I've done this. I think it's one of my keys from the Lord and having a tender heart. I, every year, let God do a house inspection and I ask where He shows me that there's a hard place. Send forth your word. So, one, I pray over the condition of my own heart. Two, is a declaration. I am accepted in the Beloved. Having come from a background of verbal abuse 50 years ago, those old tapes can still creep up at times. But I have to bring every thought into obedience of Christ Jesus and bring every thought casted down that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And then, but it's not enough to identify an ungodly belief. I need to add in a godly belief. And so I actually say, I am accepted in the beloved. By the way, that's a Bible verse, too. It's in Song of Solomon and multiple other places. I am accepted in the beloved. I am accepted in it. so I want you to pray over the condition of your heart. I want you to make declarations over your heart, because your heart needs to know it's accepted. Your heart needs to know Jesus has come to heal it. And the third thing on my personal approach is I choose being sensitive. Oh, boy. And I don't have this perfected. I choose to be sensitive versus reactive. That's a hard one. Because when you are extra sensitive, it is easier to be, in one way, to be Overreactive because you are in one way more of an emoter. What's your you could be, but that's part of watching over your heart now with wisdom. So I make a choice. Now I'm gonna change this just a little to help you. I have to make a choice. I choose being sensitive versus being calloused. Because if you're sensitive, you're going to feel things and you might feel pain. But some people choose to be callous because they don't want to feel pain. But I'm also going to say that if you don't know how to allow your heart, your soul to feel pain, you might not be able to receive a deeper level of the Father's great love. And that might be not always. A hindrance in the way. This is part of watching over your heart with all diligence. I invite God into those painful places. Where is Jesus? Where were you, Jesus? Where are you, Jesus? There you go. So I pray over the condition of my own heart. I make declarations. I am accepted in the beloved and I choose that being sensitive is more rewarding than being safe in a false way. Yep, if anybody really knows me, they know that's feeler Jimmy. It's true. One time in one of my books, Dutch Sheets wrote a forward for the book called Father Forgive Us, and and he said, James Gall, That man cries. No, that man doesn't cry. He weeps. No, that man doesn't weep. That man sobs. And he wasn't meaning negatively. He was talking about, because I have a tender heart, I can be moved upon by the Holy Spirit that moves the things of God. Don't you want to be like that? So, remember, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Well, Jose has a question for us. How can I prevent my heart from loving the gifts more than loving God? Jose or whatever, Josu, I already love you. (laughs) Of course, God already knows you and loves you. What a great question. God is already drawn to you. Jose, Josu, you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation that is resting upon your life. You're asking such a great question. So many people don't walk in the right answers because they don't ask the right questions. You can flunk a test by giving a wrong answer to a question. What's really interesting is if you're a teacher, though, flip it, and you don't know the right questions to ask your students. You don't know how to ask a question. So, Jose, I want to say you know how to ask a question. That shows you already, I think, have got this pretty well down. How can I prevent my heart from loving the gifts more than loving God? St. Teresa of Avila, a Spanish nun, a spirit-filled woman of God, wrote this book called The Interior Castle. In our Father's house, there's many dwelling places. And behold, where I am, I prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And so we are the temple of the living God. And in every house, there's many rooms. St. Teresa of Avila moved in prophecy, moved in the gifts of the Spirit, moved uh, dramatically in trances. And she talked about the seven rooms of the house. And she talked about, I don't remember what number this was, the fourth or the fifth, might have been the fifth room. And that when people finally got to the room of gifts, that the jewels and the gems were glistening and they were so bright that it was captivating and inebriating that what she learned is that finally, when people finally made it into that room, they never wanted to leave that room. Now, that's positive, and it also had a negative, because there were two more rooms in the Father's house that people did not learn to proceed from, because they got what? Enamored by the gifts. When if you went on behind door number seven, was greater union with Christ. Because, Jose, you are right. We pursue God. And when we get God, we get everything. Now, two sides of the coin, two-edged sword of the Spirit. But First Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 3, Pursue love, and yet earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, and especially that you might prophesy. So, Jose, here's another element. Some say, is it the fruit of the Spirit? Is it the gifts of the Spirit? And some evangelical fundamentals will say, it's the fruits of the Spirit. And some charismatic Pentecostal third waivers or whatever they are today, and they'll say, supernatural agents, they'll say, we want the gifts of the Spirit. But nowhere in the Bible does God say choose. He doesn't say you have to choose one over the other. You can have both. In fact, that is the will of God that is good, acceptable, and perfect, is that love, fruit of the Spirit, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So, Jose, if you are zealous for the gifts of the Spirit, awesome. You don't have to lower that down, but you can perk up your zeal for God. And you can call forth your passion and you can eventually get to a place like Jesus with the three disciples on the mount. And and, 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 and the the, the disciples are taken up on the mount and Moses and Elijah are there. And Jesus. And they're just enamored by this communion with God and that heavenly places, and there great cloud of witnesses, and, and then Elijah fades, then the other fades, Moses, and it said this, and they saw Jesus only. I pray for you, Jose, that you will see Jesus, and you will see our Father, and you will love Holy Spirit, and you'll see you don't have to choose between fruit and gifts. You are to have an abundance of both, And I speak to you, a supernatural blessing upon you, that you are a man, that God is well-pleased, and whatever nation you're in, that there's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit amongst your family. Uh, I, I think that you might be a young man, Uh, maybe in your 20s or something yourself. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, you might even be young married, perhaps. And I just say to you that, God, you're going to bear really good fruit uh, for the Lord and for His kingdom. And I just want you to hear this little simple word, well done, well done. Gabriel asked a question. How do you practice discerning so that when God speaks to you, You don't mix it with personal emotions. Well, let's see, Gabriel, I'm going to be teaching an online class this fall called Exploring the Feeler Realm, and I'll be addressing that in full. And it actually piggybacks on the discerner that I would love for you to get. So, Gabriel, that is just really good because there is a mixture. There's spirit and their soul. So, the, and then there's flesh. There's the voice of the world, the voice of the devil, the voice of the flesh, and the voice of God, the realms of the Holy Spirit. And they all speak to us. And so, what we have to do is it's not wrong for the, okay, hey, okay, listen, Gabriel. It's not wrong for the body to have appetites. What's not right is for the appetites to be. The, the overriding force that's driving you instead of your passion for God. And so we do need to be careful on mixing personal ambition in particular. It's not as much really personal emotion because God living in our heart is in union with our spirit. And often our emotions are actually getting inspired the more mature we become We are actually walking in a fruits of the spirit of God's emotions. So I just have to say, Gabriel, again, you're asking a great question on discerning good and evil, discerning personal emotions, and when God speaks. And let's just say some things take a little bit of time, and you're going to take practice sessions, and you're going to learn, and you're going to learn how to weed the garden, and you're going to learn how to lean into God, and you're going to know when you're being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, responding, and when you are reacting, and when you're reacting, that is an element that is from your soul and flesh, where your personal emotion that has not yet been tempered by the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit in particular, self-control. And so this is where it's like pray over the condition of your heart, Declare you're accepted, that you're not then adding in rejection into what you've heard. You're not mixing in condemnation with what you've heard and then choosing to be sensitive versus reactive. Hey, it's just been great to be with you today. This is James Gall. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN.